Um, yeah, it seems like a crossword's probably pretty wholesome generally. Um, but uh, yeah, one thing that I've found, I think in the last year of my practice is um, really helpful for me in, in, in this kind of sense is that uh, um, I was asking monastics, like I kind of was hearing in Dhamma talks, people saying like, enjoy your breath, like cultivate gladness, do, you know, and I was like, is that really legal? Like, is that allowed? Because I don't know, my first experience with Buddhism might have been Zen or some other way where I thought it was much more passive and much. Mm. And so I had to ask a couple different monastics, like, is this like, can I, I've read about this or whatever. And can I just enjoy my breath? It's almost like, I mean, I felt like it's like, almost like a sensual pleasure. Like in mm. my mind, it was like equivalent to like smoking or something like I can just <laughs> I can just do this thing like that's so so helpful um and so yeah i got that repeatedly people saying yes yes like you can definitely you need all the help you can get you know go for it if that's you know and so i mean i i might just be a fortunate or something but i definitely feel pleasant feelings when i'm when i'm aware of my breath and and my you know and my body and stuff like that so it's been super, super helpful um, to do that. Mm -hmm. And um, just like, you know, now my meditations kind of got that kind of refreshing feeling. And so that happens, you know, maybe in the morning and at night. And so going through the day, um, I'm doing that more and more, kind of this continuity practice. And um, it's just been very, very helpful. And I feel like relating it to what we're talking about, um, maybe I'm a little bit less kind of needy in general like if I have this kind of contentness you know mm -hmm. going on so I'm not really needing attention in the same way affection I'm kind of giving myself these things and so then when these you know you get these like you know advertisements or people or my mm -hmm. own memories or worries about the future these things keep coming up and keep coming they're a little less alluring and it's kind of like when you had a big meal and you're walking next to like a restaurant window, you're not jealous of the people inside. You're just, a, you know, there they are. You know, you're not looking yep. to steal an apple or whatever. So anyway, not to be too long winded, but um, I just wanted to share that because to me, it was kind of a revelatory and I didn't know it was allowed. And so, so it really changed my practice. And it's uh, great. Like, right. Yeah. And I guess the official reference would be the Anapanasutta. The Buddha is just like, yeah, cultivate rapture, cultivate, you know, joy in your breathing. So thanks for listening. I hope it wasn't too long-winded. That was great. Yeah. It, it gave the opportunity for a lot of mudita to arise. <laughs> That's great. And yeah. yes, the Buddha, the Buddha talks about this in so many places, in so many ways about cultivating happiness um, developing PT, that sense of spiritual uplift and, and joy. And it's really essential that PT is in all these lists of how do you get to Samadhi? You know, it's really, it's so much a part of it. I was, I've been reading the Taragata, the, uh, the verses of the enlightened monks. And there's one where the Buddha says to this monk, you know, here you are, you're living in, in the, really in the wilderness and you don't even get enough food and other requisites how are you doing it and he said i i'm just having pt all the time <laughs> just like you know i am just like happy with 
you know, within and um, exactly what you're saying, Tom. And, you know, this is how he said, this is how I do it. This is how I endure it. And if we think like that, um, then any, any kind of life circumstance, uh, not, not absolutely, because we do need a certain level of, of comfort and um, support with the requisites. I mean, the Buddha made that clear too, but other things that might really um, take a toll on us uh, don't have so much impact, like you said. So thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, I, I just felt like I needed to share that while you were um, giving the guided meditation, I had a kind of an insight that I think was very valuable for me that, um, you know, in looking at the kinds of things that my mind keeps going to, um, especially in meditation, um, I sort of already identified that most of them have to do with desire, hmm. but at some point you said something and it just clicked for me that there's something underneath that. Mm. And what that something seems to be is a real, an, I guess I would say a fear of impermanence. Yeah. Um, and it's like, why, why do I, like I'll go to these stories and I don't want to come out of them because those feel lasting and, and um, mm. you know, uh, they have substance. Um, and, and it got me thinking about something that somebody said here a, couple, a week ago or a couple of weeks ago about doing housework. I mean, it, it went from one extreme to the other. I thought, well, and that's, that's why I hate to clean because I'll be cleaning and I'll realize I'm going to have to do this again. It's, and that makes me crazy that I can't clean it and it doesn't stay clean. Um, and then there's like, then I started to think about little things at work. Um, I mean, I won't go into all the details and it's like almost, I think um, at the bottom of almost everything is this desire for everything to stay solid. Mm. It's the best way wow. I can put it. And um, it's just yeah. something that I, I, I need to continue to look at, I think. I, I, I feel like I dropped a level of depth yeah. in this meditation, and I, and I have to thank you for that. That's great. I also want to add one thing. I want to say uh, hello to Tom and Alexandra, who I just met last week at a bike hearing. It's nice to oh. see you again. Nice. I always love to hear when that people have been to by a gear. <laughs> that's great. Well, that's great, Neil. Yes. Um, that's going, I think that exploration could lead to some very profound results. Thank you for sharing that. Val? Hi, 
I'm not sure where my thoughts are going to go here with my um, commenting on this, but I did feel the need to comment. Um, this is the third or fourth time I've had this sutta presented to me. And it's one that's very close to my heart because I work in the entertainment industry and I've done live theater and I've worked with ballet companies. I worked on rock concerts and conventions and political rallies. Um, so yeah, I remember the first time that I heard about the sutta, it was actually from you and I at Chittananda. And I remember being kind of shocked and dismayed. And then part of me going, well, it, you know, because it, it was when I was a new Buddhist and that was a little bit of like, well, yeah, you know, that's from a long time <laughs> ago. <laughs> and, um, but I did reflect on it. And, um, and then, yeah, I, I think, yeah, there's definitely something to creating a fake world. And you're creating a world that is encouraging greed and, and hatred and delusion. Absolutely. Um, it's hard for me to say that because it provides my requisites. Yeah. Um, you know, it hasn't for the last, during the pandemic, it hasn't provided any requisites whatsoever because the industry has been shut down. But it's ironic that that you that this was presented to me today because last night I got my first call back to work oh. for, for a rock concert. <laughs> oh. um, yeah, and, and for Guns N' Roses, and you know, I'm like, wow, what do they stand for? You know, what am I going to be partly responsible for putting out in the world? And it's, my job does well providing my requisites, but I can't say that I've been happy doing it um, in the last two or three years. Well, three or four years, I've been somewhat unhappy doing it. Um, I miss the days when I worked with a ballet company and at least I knew like this is a reflection I've done is, well, at least I was putting joy and beauty out in the world as well as delusion, <laughs> you know, but there was at least some joy and beauty. And a lot of rock concerts, there's not, I mean, sometimes you see joy in people's faces in the audience, but there's a lot of greed. There's a lot of, promoting greed and not maybe not promoting hatred but definitely promoting unwholesome things for sure lost like you mentioned so yeah it's it's interesting to be at this point in my life and hear this sutta again it really makes me think it makes me sad <laughs> So I think I should tell you about the end of the sutta because okay. <laughs> after the, the Buddha tells 
by the way, the name of the sutta is Talaputta, T-A-L-A-P-U-T-A, and it's number, it's 42-2 in the Sangyutta Nikaya. And after Talaputta uh, hears the Buddha say this, he bursts into tears. And the Buddha says, I told you not to ask me this question. <laughs> and he said, no, it's not because of what you said. It's because I've been fooled for so long by these teachers of teachers telling me this. And I've, and I've like bought into it for so long. And then he asks the Buddha if he will ordain him. And he gets the full ordination and he not long afterwards becomes enlightened. And this morning I was really, I found um, just kind of on accident because I've been reading the Taragata, um, his verses. And we've actually read them before, but I didn't realize it was him. He wrote these verses where they start with, hey, mine. You're the one who wanted me to go to the forest. You're the one who wanted me ordained as a monk. Hey, mind, why don't you want to meditate now? Huh? Hey, mind. <laughs> it's a really lovely, very, very authentic, genuine. And of course, he he does become enlightened. And um, so super happy ending. Um, so, you know, we need to put more of that out into the world, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, that's a very happy ending. And I'm, I'm very glad for that, that that happened to him. That's, that's yeah. wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. For sharing that. <laughs> Forrest. Hi, I, uh, <clears throat> it's nice to see you. Good to see you too. Um, I don't have that much, but I just thought since you had asked about this topic, I definitely resonate a lot with nature as something that calms the kilesas. And I've been kind of using that because I find it pretty hard living in a city by comparison, not just the people on the street and the restaurants, but also even the buildings, I feel like yeah. they kind of give rise to, I don't know, delusion or something, certainly not calming. Mm -hmm. So, and since this past week of sensual desires, like the main hindrance, well, at least one of the main hindrances I've been working with, um, uh, I find that sometimes just like imagining myself, like uh, sitting in the middle of a bunch of trees like, or mountains um, really helps. So yeah. I am, um, yeah. And I, I've also been, um, experimenting with a practice for the past 10 days, which just ended now of, of not using internet after 3 p.m. except for like Dharma talks. Mm -hmm. um, and that has been pretty helpful, I think, and just not, it's almost like for me actually, it's not even so much that the internet triggers the defilement as it is more that if the mind knows that it can go on the internet then it starts flaring up even before I go on to the internet. So just not having that option, it's really helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great practice. Um, Ajahn Gunha actually told us, don't use the internet for anything but Dhamma. Mm -hmm. 
He said, you don't have to be looking things up all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's totally clued in, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's so, so many, there's been so many times where I thought I was looking up something pretty innocuous and then just like completely spiraled out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, another One thing leads to another. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know we don't have much time, but I was wondering if you have a hard stop at 1.30 or can ask another kind of unrelated question. I think you could ask one more question and then I want to hear from Harry too. Okay. Stop. I'm, I was just kind of intrigued because this morning I've been reading some of the stories of the disciples of the Buddha and this morning I was reading about the um, first two householders who took refuge in the Buddha and the Dhamma. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting because I guess like all of the disciples they made an aspiration apparently eons ago to like become the first lay disciples of the Buddha. But I just, I'm curious if you have any thoughts on why someone would do that. Like I've, for me, my understanding is interesting yeah. to evolve of like why you would want to become a Buddha because I didn't feel like I used to understand. But even so, I don't understand why you would want to become the first disciple of the Buddha, first lay disciple. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't really, I don't really see a particular um value in the being the first kind of in that way i mean the there are a lot of stories of course this is all commentarial i think probably and there are you know a lot of stories about the aspirations that various disciples of the buddha made in the past and usually they're attributed to um the bhikkhus or the bhikkhunis someone who's you know made this aspiration to be reborn at the time of the Buddha and be a a disciple of the Buddha. And of course, there's some real benefit in that, you know, if we could live at the time of the Buddha and, and learn from the Buddha, surely that's going to be a a very important factor in uh, full awakening, but to kind of be the first lay disciples. I don't think I get what, the particular like value of that is. And, um, and I don't really know, I, I imagine that it's commentarial and I'm not really sure if um, we can put a lot of faith in that as true, truly what happened, but, you know, perhaps just the aspiration that's wholesome to be close to the Buddha and, and maybe the, point of being a lay disciple is that they can provide requisites and you know support to the buddha but yeah i don't really know beyond that i don't really know i think stick with the uh, aspiration to become enlightened (laughs) (laughs) sounds good (laughs) i mean i didn't hear the i didn't see anywhere where the buddha recommended to people to have an aspiration to be born at the time of the next buddha yeah. I mean, he's like, get enlightened, get enlightened <laughs> now, you know. <laughs> yeah.